Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Daily Draft Report. It's your daily dose of prospect information for the NFL Draft, brought to you by Campus Canton. Tonight's prospect is a really, really fun one. He was a former number one overall recruit, so we always love to talk about these guys. Brian Brissy, Brissy, I, I did this last time too. Briss, Brissy, right? Or is it Brissy? Or I think it's Brissy. Yeah. Okay. That's always I, what I say. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I stumbled on it last time too. So. Uh, defensive lineman out of Clemson. He was junior, six foot five, three hundred pounds, just a shade over three hundred. And tonight's guest, I'm really happy to bring on Daniel Harms, film analyst for the FF Astronauts and RGR Football on YouTube. Daniel, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. Anytime we always get to talk draft, like this is one of the times of year that it's like Christmas all the time, except it's you know you feel like Santa. You're always running around. you got a ton of stuff to do getting right up before that Christmas time. Like the draft is Christmas, and we have so much to do to get ready for it. And uh, it's always fun in the process. Yeah, it's like the culmination of everything. You know, it's like we, we spent years watching these guys, you know. And yeah. Greasy's one of those ones that, I mean, man, he, he's been as much hope as one could possibly have. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned before, as, as he was the number one overall recruit in the class of 2020, like almost a perfect 1.00005 star. Like he was as high as it gets. Came out of Damascus, Maryland. As far as statistically, he had a, as a freshman, he actually had 23 tackles, four sacks, a couple pass defense to force fumble. Uh, his sophomore year, he did miss a few games. He had um, his younger sister passed away, right? Yeah, this past be, year. Yes, yeah, in September. Passed away. Yeah, and then he had some injuries, and so he didn't really see much on the field in 2021. 2022, I uh, did get into 10 games, but he only had 15 tackles and three and a half sacks. So um, statistically, there's not much, but the tape on this kid is, I mean, it's about as good as you're going to get from an interior defensive lineman. So, Daniel, what skills does he have that you think can make him successful in the NFL? Well, when you watch him, he looks like he's this super-powered, super-big defensive end playing on the inside. He's got the quick twitch to get in between offensive tackles, offensive guards, offensive centers, all of it. He can get in those gaps. He can fill and really do damage in the backfield. That's what you're. everyone's talking about, Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh right now, because mm-hmm. that's what he does. He lives in the backfield. Brisse does it, and he's bigger. He's way bigger than than, than, than Kansi is. And that's the kind of defensive lineman that you want. A guy that can do damage in between the guard and the center on the interior and really get in the backfield on those passing downs. Now, I'm, I'm tr- I was trying to go through his tape, you know, whatever I had of him as the last two years were sparing because he does, he's a great, great athlete. I expect him to completely blow up the combine this week and just have himself a great day and help kind of hush some of the things down that we've heard talked about him, but really excellent hand usage. Those counters are still working for him. He's the pastor's plans, not all the way there, but you see all the raw tools, the, the, arm over the swim and move the rip he's got all of those at his disposal and that 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 power that speed to power that you see in the nfl that is so essential to getting guards and centers off their spot on the run game in the run game and letting guys fill holes he has all of that so he's a a complete package from a raw tools aspect that you want to see a good team with a really good defensive line coach get a hold of this guy so they can mold yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about scheme when we get to the weaknesses yeah. and things. But, I mean, as far as a physical specimen and what you mm-hmm. want from a defensive tackle, he is almost perfect. I mean, he's got no bad weight. I mean, he's no. just – just he is he is a specimen. And like you said, the physical tools are all there. 
He's got the burst off the line. He can create pressure from the inside. He mm-hmm. has counter moves. He can deal with that as a as a run as a run defender. He's really good at like working along the line. Like he's got the potential there to be the type of interior defensive lineman that could be like a top five overall draft pick. You know, he's got everything you ask for. But what do you, what do you see on what do you see the, as negatives and things that could hold him back? I mean, injuries are never a good thing. You've got multiple right. years now of, of injuries kind of nagged with him last year. Obviously, mentally, where is he at? You know, his his sister again did pass away this past year. And that's it was I'm not going to say it was evident because I don't know what was going through his, his mind. I got no idea how it affected his play, but I, I can't help but think in some way it affected him on the field because oh, yeah. he was it's it can't be easy to mentally engage and when something like that that devastating happens so you know he was he talked about his sister giving him inspiration as he was going through his acl re- reconstruction or rehab and then that happens that just can't can't be something easy to deal with but when we're talking on an on-field standpoint i have seen a couple of games where he gets bullied in the run a little bit by specifically i know that it's one game but you look at the the Notre Dame game he was just kind of taken out and when you're an interior guy like him who has the speed to power has all the tools you really shouldn't let an offensive line take you out of a football game um it's it's tough to to watch him get bullied a little bit he's got inconsistent pad level he can get a little high which allows offense tackles to just kind of get in there and push you back which is part of the reason he can get bullied at times he falls off of tackles a lot as well a couple sacks where he just kind of doesn't have that wrap up tackling techniques too busy falling off the side uh, but and again the pass rush plan is still a work in progress but these are all things that can inhibit him but a lot of them are easily teachable like tackling technique that should be shuffled out in camp like that should be something they get figured out then the pad level again it's more about the, the that first step to get off how are you getting directly out of your stance? All these little th- tiny things can be tweaked in camp and worked on. But when you're coming out, when you're not playing a ton, when you don't have those snaps your sophomore year, when you come in playing in the COVID season, like he didn't mm-hmm. have a very yeah. a very easy path to learning, playing, and a consistent development on the field. So all of those things, like I said, take with a grain of salt. Uh, but mentally, I think he's going to look a little bit better and hopefully that will help him engage and be more coachable going into the NFL. Yeah. I definitely feel like everything that you said and every, it was everything I noted and can all be attributed to his lack of time, you know, his lack yeah. of playing time, you know, and he's Clemson's got a pretty good line coach there. Pretty good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they have some pretty good pretty tools good at their disposal. <laughs> yeah. So I noticed the hand, the, the pad level, uh, sometimes he would place his hands out wide, which mm-hmm. kind of would limit his power. You know, like he said, the, the tackling too. I mean, he doesn't wrap up like almost like when he would when he would get close and get the tackle, he would just kind of stop. Yeah, and, and instead of just boom, like leveling the dude, which is what you want to see somebody of that size with that kind of power do. And then the pass rush plan. So these are all things that are very easily teachable, and I think somebody's going to end up with a very oh, yeah. very huge value if everything pans out right you know so as as far as draft capital i mean pretty much everybody's mocking this guy in the first round uh the lions which i love uh the vikings (laughs) seahawks texans at 12 even steelers at 17 i mean i mean everywhere from you know middle of the first round and later which of these teams is there any team you can see that you'd really like to see him 
land on? Or? I mean, I think he needs to go to a team like Minnesota. We're talking, you know, they're going to probably nail down to Neil Hunter here. And when you can have a presence on the interior that feeds to your star pass rusher, when you bring back Zedarius Smith, I assume he's going to be there as well. That's the kind of missing piece that will help your defense. That was something that was very evident on their entire defense. Like it, it was pretty bad. For the most part, you know, Smith was awesome. Hunter had a, a double-digit sack season. But there was no pressure up the middle, and, and there wasn't much going on there. So I think Minnesota makes a lot of sense. Detroit, again, I would love him to go to Detroit, or, and that would be a very fun uh, – just the way that Dan Campbell feels. Oh, you know, Dan Campbell would, getting a hold of this guy and Aiden Hutchinson. I feel like that would be kind of a problem. You can – Really, you would never see a double team. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you could really use these guys differently. We yeah. saw Aiden Hutchinson being used a little bit off ball, a little stand up, a little hand in the dirt. I mean, Brisset has got the same type of body type where he's big. You can rush him as a defensive end if you really wanted to. You could yeah. kind of stand him up and be creative with the way you use him. So he's kind of like an ultimate chess piece up front where you see, like if you look at Kansas City, they do a ton of movement with their defensive line. They, they move Chris Jones at the defensive end, bring in, you know, uh, Mike Dana, who's a defensive end, brush him as a nose tackle. You could do a lot of that with Brissy if you've got him with some really good pass rushers. So I think those are two of the teams that I'm looking for in, in terms of landing spots that I think would be really nice. Yeah, we didn't, uh, for some reason, we didn't touch on his versatility. And you just mm-hmm. did there. You know, he can, he's got enough bend to rush the edge if needed. You know, and he's got enough speed and enough, you know, of things that, Enough tools that he could be used on oh, the edge, sure. but yeah, I like him way better on the interior. <laughs> so you that's what role you see him is feeling like a you want to see him on three four, four three. Is there any scheme you think would be a little bit better for him or I, I think he's more of a four three three tech. You know, I think that's probably his best opportunity to be really impactful because you get that that one that one that one tech that's going to tail, deal most of your double teams. You can find ways to get him slashing inside. If you use slants, if you just let him go through a B gap, really let him attack up field. You see, got you know Chris Jones comes to mind, who is a huge three tech, and he's quick, fast off the line. Those are things that Brissett brings, and I really could see him being extremely effective from that spot in the NFL. Do you have a, an idea of what outlook you'll have for IDP or what kind of, I think he's kind of, I tend to not roster a lot of defensive tackles mm-hmm. in That's IDP tough. unless it's, it's tough. Yeah. Unless it's TT premium scoring or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a guy I think could have, you know, 40, 50 tackles a year, you know, and 10 sacks. I mean, I think he's got that upside. The, yeah, sure. I think the upside's there. And that's the thing you're trying to project is that year one, probably not going to happen. No, I don't I think he's <laughs> going to take a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got mm-hmm. some development to go. Obviously, you're going to, whatever, wherever he lands is going to be helpful if he has a, a competent, defensive line around him i don't know how you know past defenses are scored as well but that's going to be something that he can also get done in the nfl he's gonna really get his hands up he's got huge arms huge hands he's going to be someone that can deflect passes at the line of scrimmage pretty easily um you might even see one interception or so like you saw aiden hudson depending on the team that he goes to It, it really that really all depends on how he's being played but in terms of like total tackles i think first year you're not going to see a ton he's probably more of a stash kind of guy second third year you'll probably start to see that 30 and 40 uh odd tackles so for defensive tackle it's really hard to project project for idp i again like you said starting 
rookie draft, probably more of trying to, to take him, stash him, maybe even pick him up off the waiver wire after his first year. Kind of see how he does. It's it's, it's yeah. really tough. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't spend a lot of draft capital on him in rookie drafts, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a player comp for him? You know, I try to stay away from comps. I'm not trying to like okay. scapegoat the question. I, I really oh, I really do feel like when I watch players, I, I try not to overset expectations. I, I and then that's not to say that comps always do that. I, I feel like these 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 are all individual players. They're not necessarily going to do everything in the NFL to an extent that someone yeah. else does. Oh, I get so it. I yeah. like to just kind of this is this is Brian Bursey and this is what he does well. <laughs> right. I, I get a lot of uh either they're really lofty or they're really like, huh? That guy yeah. sucked in the NFL. Like why like you know and, and something I've never been good at, but I always like to ask because some people like I have not seen a good comp for him yet. So he's a tough one. Like yeah. even trying to pro, to put a comp on him, he's a he's a unique player. When you have those kind, especially when you have those you kind of unique players, I try to really stay away from them because they're so volatile. And I'm not saying that he's going to be a bust by any stretch, but right. the, I do believe the range of outcomes for him is extreme in terms of. He could just bust, or he could be a stud in the NFL, like be a top flight defensive tackle in three to four years. Like that kind of trajectory is within his his realm of possibilities with his, you know, his size, his frame, and his his ability mm-hmm. and athleticism. So it's really it's a really tough one. Yeah, and a lot of those tackles too are far better NFL players than they will be statistically. Absolutely. Or, I mean, he's the he is the guy who's going to make the other linemen around him much, much better. So that's why I think it's it's hard to to pigeonhole him like that. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Daniel, thank you very much, man. Thank you for sticking with me through scheduling issues and craziness last week. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter. I love it when people use their last name and their Twitter handles. It makes it so much <laughs> easier to find them when I'm, when I'm trying to search for people. Uh, let them know where they can find you on Twitter and what you're working on, man. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. No, not, not an issue trying to work through stuff. We all have uh, different things, whether it doesn't care about anybody's schedule. So that's not a problem at all. You guys can find me on Twitter at in harm's way 19. I do uh, literally every single day. I will have draft clips up. I have three different players, I think going up to just today when we're recording this on Tuesday, like I try to get through as many as I can. So we do that every single week on RGR football. I'll be doing a Michael Mayer film room actually released yesterday on Wednesday for the fantasy football astronauts. I have three different film rooms in the work for the subscriptions. Like there's a ton. I got so much going on right now. So <laughs> make sure you follow along on Twitter at in harm's way 19. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, man. All right. You can find me on Twitter, FF People's Champ, this podcast, Daily Draft, RPRT. Thank you all very much for listening. I will have tons, tons, tons coming up next week about the combine. I haven't decided if I'm going to keep doing a player each day next week or if I'm just going to try to focus on, you know, some guys who really did something at the combine to, you know, really affect their stock. It's it's one of those things where you'll always hear me say the combine is just a piece of the puzzle and, mm-hmm. I, and I don't overreact when somebody runs a 4-3 and they're supposed <laughs> to run a 4-3, you know, <laughs> so it's one of those things that, you know, so we will probably do a little bit about the combine next week and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. Thank you all very much for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.